Hey, welcome to the Real Life Youth Podcast, where you will find real, authentic messages, testimonies, and conversations that I hope really helps you along your journey through faith. So if you're taking your time out today to listen to this podcast, I just want to say thank you, and I hope it truly inspires you. God bless. So now say diverse in purpose. That was weak. Say diverse in purpose. Gosh, you guys got to wake up. All right, I am going to read you a bunch of statistics. So it's going to be brain overload, and that's all I'm going to do today is just read you a bunch of statistics. Is that okay? I'm just kidding. Okay, but I am going to read you a bunch. This is kind of like, did you know kind of type thing. Did you know that 98% of teens say they have one or more close friends? Would you say that's a lot? Yeah? You're the only one that thinks that's a lot, 98%, because, like, it's almost 100, and it's not. Okay. 78% of the 98% say that they have between one and five close friends. Would you say that's a lot to have one and five? How many of you think you have more than one friend in here? Okay. How many of you have more than one friend in here? Okay. Thank you. You guys got to get a little more interactive. Okay. Otherwise, I'm just going to be like Bueller. They don't know that reference. Never mind. (laughs) They don't know that reference. So what would you think is the main um, means of communication for you students? Social media, how do you communicate with your friends? How do you talk to your friends? Okay, texting, that's what I was looking for. Or calling them. So they did a study on 2,000 uh, uh, people that were in the age ranges of 12 and 18. And out of that 2,000, they said 73% preferred text, message, text messaging with their friends instead of calling them on the phone. Who loves to text over call? And I'm raising my hand for that. I'll be 100% honest. I'm a texter, not somebody who likes to talk on the phone. What'd you say? FaceTime. You guys like FaceTiming? So you guys actually do like talking face-to-face like that? Okay. No, that's cool. That's awesome. If I decline your call? No, I'm just kidding. Like, <laughs> There's been some people, I'll be 100% honest, where I'm just like, yeah, I'll text them in a minute. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm not in the mood to talk on the phone. So I know that's a lot of statistics. Now I'm going to give you one more because it's in the realm of video games. Did you know that 52% of teens in the United States, their time of communicating with their friends is over video games? How many of you play video games in here? This is the, here's a reason why I'm asking you guys all these questions about text messaging, how many friends you have, how you communicate with them. Because something that we need to understand is we call the message diverse in purpose. Who is basically in your friend circle? Who is in your circle of friends? You just say nobody. <laughs> it's not a circle. It's one. No. Um, so who is in your friend circle? Who are, you, how are, who are you allowing to influence your life? Those are rhetorical questions. You don't have to answer. So here's something that I'm going to ask you guys. I'm going to ask you a couple questions throughout this and give you two points. But the first main question is who is leading you? And I think sometimes we don't realize how important this actually can be in our life, especially because I'm going to sound like an old geezer. At you guys' age, it's important who you're hanging out with. In the book of Luke, say Luke. We see a story of how the angels led the shepherds to a really sweet place where Jesus was born. All right, say Luke chapter 2. I'm going to read you a lot of context. Bear with me. All right, it says, that night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounding them 
They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. Do you guys actually know how many times in the Bible it says something along those lines of don't be afraid or do not be afraid? Does somebody know the answer to that? 365. How many days are there in a year? Think about that. So he says, do not be afraid or something along those lines. 365 times in the Bible, there's 365 days in the year. I mean, seriously, when you study the Bible and you see some of this kind of stuff, this is where I kind of nerd out a little bit. I'm like, that is crazy to think about. Do you think that was intentional or unintentional or coincidence? Completely intentional. Okay, I'm getting off track. But he says, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all the people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in uh, strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven, glory to God in highest heaven, and peace on earth, earth to those with whom God's pleased. When the angels had returned to where? Heaven, thank you. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So as we read later on, basically, that the shepherds, they go to the village. They find Mary and Joseph. They find the baby that is laying in the manger, which is Jesus. And after all of this, the shepherds went back to their flock, and they were glorifying, and they were praising God. So why am I telling you this? Because I'm going to ask you again, who is leading you? The angels led the shepherds to see the Messiah. The angels led the shepherds so they could glorify the one that was promised. Here's the thing that we need to understand. The people that you are surrounding yourself with today are people that you're more than likely going to become like. Some of you might say, like, well, no, Tay, I'm a leader in my group. I don't conform. Think about this. The people you are hanging around are going to have a big influence on you. I don't care what you say. You can call me a liar. They're going to have a big influence in your life. So that's why it is important to realize who your friend group is. You might say, well, Tate, why, you know, it, Jesus tells us to go to the sinners and to share the gospel. Yeah, that's great. Absolutely. We need to share the gospel with people. We need to have a relationship with people. But we also need to surround ourselves with like-minded people. Would you agree with that? Would you, would you agree with that? All right. Who is leading you? So are you choosing your friends carefully? Is there some thought that, are going, that it goes behind choosing your friends? You're like, no, I don't, I don't choose my friends carefully. Or are you guarding your heart around certain friends of yours who are trying to be a bad influence? I get it that not everybody's going to be perfect. We say it all the time. But you need to guard yourself as well. And you need to surround yourself with like-minded people. So who would you guys guess is the ultimate shepherd? Jesus. So let's look at what Psalm 23 says. What does Psalm 23 say? You guys read it. On three. One, two, three. You guys are so tired. You guys, the Lord is my shepherd. He's all that I need. It's, you should be like, the Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. So who's the ultimate shepherd? Jesus, absolutely. The Lord is my shepherd. So then my next question is kind of like a follow-up question to the first one is, who are you consulting? Do you guys know what consulting means? You're not? Okay, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, word that a little bit differently. 
So like, who, who do you go to in like your times of like desperation, in your times of need, in times of like when you need to talk to somebody? Are you only talking to your friend group or are you going to God in prayer? What about you, Celia? Do you go to God in prayer? Do you pray? Sometimes. <laughs> well, you're honest. I like it. Sometimes. Because here's the thing. It is so easy to go to our friend group all of the time and ask their advice, which is good. I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm saying you can't ask your friend's advice. Like, you absolutely can. But you should also be asking God. When you are praying about something or when you, when you are going through a big life change, instead of always saying, like, oh, hey, Donnie, that, like, what should I do with this? What should I, consult God. Go to God for it. I mean, ask friends, get their advice, 100%. But they shouldn't have the ultimate say in what you do. Does that make sense? And you're like, mm, okay. I mean, absolutely give advice. Give healthy advice. I, I, I do believe in that. But here's the key to that. When I ask this, like, who is leading you? Who are you consulting? Mean, like, who are you going to for advice? The first point I'm going to give you is you need to be in the presence of God. You have to be in life. You have to be in the presence of God. If you are trying to do life without going to God, well, good luck. <laughs> it's not going to be good. And if you are allowing your friends to make the ultimate decisions in your life, if you're going off of their opinions and only their opinions, I'm going to highly advise that you try something a little bit different. Because here's the thing. Like I said, your friends, they are. They're, they're absolutely good to talk to. But they're not God. If you have a friend that's like, I'm God, oh, that is, that is, yeah, pray for them. But your ultimate shepherd should be God. And some of you are going to have really, really, really big decisions coming up. Some of you are going to be graduating. Have you actually asked God what you should do after you graduate? When some of you are graduating, are you just like, oh, this is what I want to do? Or have you actually went to God and said, hey, God, where are you leading me after graduation? And have you ever tried to hear from him? Now, again, rhetorical question. You don't have to answer that. But I want you to do that. Because sometimes you're going to be conflicted of what you should do after graduation, for example. Or maybe you're switching jobs, and you're like, God, I don't, it's like, I don't know what to do. Simply pray about it. And you guys are like, oh, you say that all the time, because prayer works. Prayer does. Prayer works. You've heard stories of me being a salesman. And like I've told you guys, when I was a salesman, I, I made really good money as a salesman. And I don't say that to boast. I say that to tell you the context of the story. I made, a really good, I made really good money. But then I wasn't satisfied. I always thought making good money was going to make you better as a person. I'm not saying that uh, making money is bad. Don't, don't, don't quote, say that's what I said. But for me, I was just like, hey, I'm making really good money. I'm making the, the money that I wanted to make by the time I was 45 years old, I did at 25 years old. But I was like, why is this not fulfilling my life? Why, why don't I care about this? And then I realized, I'm like, okay, maybe I should ask God. And I said, God, I don't know what your will is in my life. I don't know. I thought I was supposed to be a salesman the rest of my life in this company that I absolutely loved. Why is this not what I was expecting it to be? And he literally says to, to me, he says, I'm going to harden your heart towards being a salesman so that you can become into ministry. And I'm like, okay, that was just me saying that. I was like, that was my own voice that I was hearing. But then I started having this desire every day to be in ministry more than to be a salesman. Does that make sense? It didn't matter how big of a contract I signed, I still was thinking about ministry over being a salesman. 
And then when I continued to pray again, I said, okay, God, what are you trying to do? He started closing doors and opportunities as a salesman and started opening the, the right doors up to become a pastor. Well, I mean, here I am. How many years later? I don't know. It's too much to count. But I literally quit a job that I loved because I didn't love it anymore. And so that's what I mean by sometimes when I say consult God, he's going to tell you what to do. Sometimes it's obvious. Sometimes it's this feeling in your, or in your stomach, again, not the food that you ate. It might be this feeling constantly over and over and over again where you're like a friend asks you to do something and you just get this weird feeling like it just doesn't feel right. And you keep getting that feeling over and over and over and over again. I think God is trying to tell you something. You guys ever experienced that before? That's not a rhetorical question. You can respond to that. Have you guys ever experienced that before? Yeah, absolutely. So you guys kind of get it. So are you allowing God to lead you guys in your life? So I've been doing one takeaway, and I'm going to give you one more takeaway, and we'll wrap up soon. Because here's something else that we need to understand, that when we become children of God, it doesn't become your will. It's not your will, but God's in your life. So there's things that you're going to do, Isla, Ella. There's things you guys are going to do that are going to be very uncomfortable in life. Oh, I wasn't calling you out. I was just, I, know, I just said your name. There's going to be things that you're going to do in life that you're just like, you know, I'm uncomfortable doing this, but God is going to help you through it. Again, I've told you, I failed speech class. I didn't like it. Never thought I'd be on a microphone talking in front of people. But when it's God's will, he'll make it happen. So are you trying to follow your desires or are you trying to follow the path that God is trying to lay out for you? Well, how do you know if it's God's will? Again, I talked about kind of that feeling that keeps reoccurring. Or maybe it's a thought in your head. Everybody say thought. Maybe it's a thought in your head that constantly pops up, like, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this, maybe I should do this, but it has to be biblical. If it's something that is unbiblical, then you know that it is your own desires and not God's. I hope that makes sense. And then I always say, like, how do you hear from God? And I'm going to be wrapping this up here. How do you hear from God? Can anybody take a guess at how you hear from God? Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's good. So how do you hear from God? There is times you could hear it audibly. He can do anything. Um, but the number one answer is, do you guys know what this is? Bible. What do you think you should do with it? Think you should do it as a coaster? Think you should just like use it to rest your feet on? Read it. Yes, you should absolutely read the Bible. Read God's word. Be in worship. Pray. You're going to start hearing from God a lot more if you guys are interacting with him more in your life. Everybody say spending time in his word. So I'm going to give you just a really quick story from uh, two weeks ago. Came to church, and as soon as I pulled into the parking lot, God was like, you're going to pray over somebody today. And I was like, well, yeah, duh, I'm at church. I usually do. <laughs> and then he was just like, I felt like he was like, shut up and let me talk. But God was like, I'm going to have you pray over somebody's uh, pain. And I was like, okay, that was kind of like obvious. And again, when you say hearing from God, that was my own voice I heard saying, you're going to pray over somebody with pain. It wasn't like I was thinking, how can I pray for somebody? I'm literally getting my screaming kids out of the vehicle, and then boom, that thought comes across my head. And I'm like, okay, like, cool. I was, I'm, I'm willing to receive that. I'm like, awesome. So I'm in second service. A lady comes up. She has arthritis in her right wrist, and she has a whole cast on it. And she said, uh, Pastor Tate, I would love for you to pray over my pain. She goes, I can't even move my hand. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. She's like, every single day, I'm in excruciating pain. And I said, okay. So then I start praying over her hand. I start praying over her wrist. But my prayer wasn't, hey, God, let me see this miracle happen. My prayer was, God, when you heal her, let her wake up tomorrow 
and for the pain to be completely gone. Now, I know God can do it. My selfish side of me wants to have a little bit of doubt, like she's still going to feel pain. But I was like, no, God, I know you can do this. Fast forward to that Friday to the women's event. She's walking up to me, and I notice she's using her hand. It doesn't have a cast on it. And she goes, Pastor Tay, I wanted to let you know that when I woke up Monday morning, I took my cast off, and it is completely healed. She even went to the doctor, and there's nothing wrong in her hand. Tell me our God doesn't heal. Like, that is pretty amazing. That is amazing. So sometimes when you're like, how do you hear from God? It's simple things like that. It is simple things like that. God was like, you're going to pray over a healing of a pain. That was very specific. But God literally just said that. And I was just like, okay, cool. Because now in my experience, in my old age, um, I've had stuff like that a lot. So I knew how to, I, I knew how to work with that. Like when God spoke that, I was like, okay, that's biblical. God heals. Like I know that. Okay, God is telling me that somebody's going to get healed today. And again, my selfish side is like, is it though? But it, really, but it really happened. God worked a miracle in this lady, and it was so cool. So my question again for you is, who is leading you? And as we close in prayer, I'm gonna, I want you guys to think about this. I want you to think about the friends you hang out with. I'm not telling you to kick your friends to the curb. It's not what I'm telling you. Only three of them. No, I'm kidding. Don't do that. But think about your friend groups that you hang out with. And I want you to think of a friend in your group that you can pray for. Think about somebody, just one specific person in your friend group that you can pray for. Maybe they don't know Jesus. Maybe, they're, maybe they know Jesus, but they're struggling with something. But I want you, as we are praying, to also be praying. I don't care if you're even saying it out loud. I don't care if it's in your head. But also be praying for them as we close. Does that make sense? Uh, Father, we just thank you, uh, first of all, for the healer that you are. God, we thank you for the miracles that you still work today. God, as we think about the friends that we hang out with, as we think about the people that influence our life, God, we just pray that you will give us the right things to say. That even in our friend circles, God, I pray that every one of them will eventually get to know you. Because yes, we don't have friends that follow Jesus. But we just pray one day that they will have a radical experience to know your name, to learn after you. So God, for everybody in this place, I just pray that whoever they are hanging out with, God, that you give them an opportunity to either share the gospel, to share their uh, testimony in their life, or maybe just give them right words to say in a conversation that will somehow glorify you. So God, we thank you again for the loving God that you are. And we just pray that you continue to work miracles in our, in our, in our youth ministry and in our leaders as well. So God, we thank you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, so we do have small group questions. Thank you again for taking your time out to watch this podcast. I really hope it inspired you. Make sure you click that follow for future episodes and to follow us on our other social media platforms. You have a great rest of the day. God bless.